0: Strapping for a roller coaster ride where curiosity, humor, laughter, and the
1: odd case of wisdom is applied to understanding the adventure of life. Welcome to the Roll and Gene Show, the power of coaching, guided by two knuckleheads who invite you to sit in the front car with them on this ride. Trust us, it's not as serious as it sounds. And high fives are included. Today, this is episode nine, my friend. We're almost at what we promised to break the 10-episode barrier. My name's Gene. My partner in crime is Rawl. Today, we are talking about the adventure begins within and realizing your vision. So before the show, we actually got really into what that means. I think today is going to be a little bit fun batting this around. It's almost debate styles. Let's always start off, Rawl, do a little check-in. How's your weather today?
0: I'm feeling a little muddled today just dealing with slight life experiences, but in spirit, I'm good. Perfect. In body, I'm a little, I'm swimming you know, in a little muddy waters today. Well, you could say you're a
1: little muggy. A little, okay. Sure. <laughs> Pour <laughs> salt into the wound. Isn't that part of what we're here to do? Yeah. Well, how are you? How are you doing? How are you showing up? Oh, man, my, my weather is hot and sunny, man. It's sitting in the chair, relaxing, watching the clouds go by. Weather right now internally, it's been a a good week, a, a week of I maybe realizing my own adventure is ch- changing a chapter, learning some new perspectives. As we talked beforehand, like the understanding of what peace means within, and really changing that. And I'll simplify it. A bottom line is I'm taking ownership for that in my life fully, and I I'm starting to realize. I've been a bit of a dick cuz I've been pointing the finger outside going, "Where's peace? You bring me peace." <laughs> and this week it just slapped me in the face after experiencing a few things going, "Oh, that is 100% on me to bring my own peace." And finding peace is within the ba- is setting some real strong boundaries and like how boundaries can be like a vessel if you must for being really compassionate and bold and loving and taking action, all the things can experience in there. Instead yeah. of being like this fence that keeps everything out, is like, this. It's, it's like the garden that really amplifies everything.
0: That's an interesting analogy because I, I agree with the boundaries, but for me, I go one step deeper and it is this Sunday, I get to, to deliver a keynote. I'm part of the uh, the International Academy of Ethics, the think tank based out of India. And for this Sunday, we're having our first formal meeting and I've been asked to, to deliver a keynote on the, the essential and the essential issues of ethics and how I perceive it. And I'm a layman, I'm, I'm going to be talking before a bunch of scholars and people with doctors in front of them. <laughs> my approach is I'm going to take this from a layman's approach when I talk about ethics and I actually incorporated the, the two wolves story in there. One of my, a couple of my poems, but one of the things about ethics I was talking about is that what resides within you that's non-negotiable, like to me, Brutal honesty, brutal truth This non-negotiable. I'm going to speak my truth. I'll share an experience with my son that I had this week. He didn't like what I had to say. Okay. I'm going to speak my truth. Yeah. And to me, when we talk about inner peace, I think it's that it is important to have boundaries very much if you don't have boundaries. And then if you don't, it's not just important to have them, practice them.
1: Like, a lot of people have boundaries, but then they don't honor their own boundaries. Combine that with the garden analogies. Think from like a farmer's standpoint. They're out checking the fences regularly. Mm-hmm. Why? To make sure that they're up, making sure that their herds are safe, making sure their crops are safe. Like that's part out of the regular practice is what is keeping this place so we can do the abundance thing that gives more side of this. And I think of, about it that way, too, is like having that fence, that boundary for yourself and then maintaining it allows you to give so much more. If you're doing the practice to, to do the maintenance, to ensure that you are a fertile place for the things that you want in this time and space to grow. You have to take care of it. When you
0: use the analogy of the house with that fenced in, for me, the fencing then is my ethic and that's non-negotiable. Now people go, the fence, you can tear down the fence and put up another one. Yeah, but I'm still going to have a fence and the fence isn't necessarily just to keep others out or to let others know when you enter this home, this is what's expected of you. But it's also to let me know, this is what's expected of myself. And within this space of my home, this is how I will conduct myself. When you talk about ethics, you're also talking about character. And the story of the two worlds that we covered last week is really about character and ethic. And a lot of times what you do in public is what you won't do the same thing when no one else is looking. Yeah. To me, the true mark of character, the true test of character, things that you will do when others are looking. When no one is looking, will you do the same thing?
1: You're you doing learn it up, right.
0: for for those eyes. And this is where I think ethics. So, when we talk about the adventure of your life, are you living an adventurous life to show everyone else? Or are you living an adventurous life because you understand what your ethics, what your values, your principles, your character? what are non-negotiable? And talk when I talk about principle, I believe a lot of things are a construct, but I also believe there are non-negotiable principle, universal principle, like gravity, like the sun rising, setting in the east rising in the East, setting in the West, What was the non-negotiable. What are your non-negotiables when it comes to your internal? Because then it's just a representation of them. Sorry.
1: What you're landing on for me, Raul, is like the, it's not so much the adventure. It's that the within part right now, mm-hmm. what is within to point back to something Raul had, had mentioned here already is that asking yourself the question is, would I do this if nobody's watching? Yeah. What would I do in those moments when I know no one's watching? Are they going to reflect the same thing as when you're on a stage? Yeah. And this idea of the ethics, you know, we'll call it, I like your word construct, the constructs of your values, your ethics, your virtues, your character. The construct is going to always be there. What, what are you going to stand for? What is going to be okay? What are you going to fight for? What are you going to roll with? What are you going to... Yeah. How do you set your own direction? It basically says... I'm going to walk like this in my life. Yeah. Now, whatever that is you choose, it can be anything for all. It's brutal honesty. For me, it's boldness and courage and, and playfulness.
0: I was, and I always tell people why brutal honesty? Cause I wasn't always honest in the past. And I remember that I don't beat myself up for it, but I don't want to be that. Now, am I brutally honest? 100% of the time? Oh, no. <laughs> Often than not, I am nine out of ten times. I am why because I just don't want to be that way, and and that's to me that's talk about the practice. So it comes down to I don't want to be that way anymore at all. Yeah. Now there are times I take into account who I'm talking to, and I might try to put a little bit of lip, a little bit of lipstick on the. It's outside. still a pig, though. It's still... Exactly. (laughs) I just don't want to go down that... slope. So why I say nine out of ten times pace, no one is perfect in a sense of how they practice. But for me, ultimately, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel... Not so much telling someone else a lie, how it makes me feel when I... Yeah. I don't like that feeling inside. When I do it, I know. You've got that barometer within you that says, Hey... Everything We're with ripping them over, over something, right. Everything and within my
1: five, when my spirit says, this is not
0: who you say
1: you are. You've done the work. So you understand when you, it when you've done something and it lands in that place, you've got the words and the vocabulary to be like, oh, I understand what this feeling means, mm-hmm. if you haven't done the work to sit in you in Rawls case. Let's use honesty, but you've done something and it triggers that whole, oh, I wasn't being honest. You get like that uh, feeling to it is Well, now. There's the... step one is what's this feeling? What am I feeling in my body? Mm-hmm. Do I like this or don't like this? Basically, you're asking the question, am I experiencing discomfort right now? Mm-hmm. And then our brains and our body goes, let's get out of discomfort as fast as possible so that we can stay surviving. <laughs> or you can short circuit that a little bit and be like, why did what was in what I just did triggered this discomfort? Yeah. Then you start to be when Rawls plays where he can say, I know what brutal honesty is because I know what it when I'm not it, what it feels like. But you might not know quite yet why you've triggered that within you. You get to sit with it and explore and go, What's in this well, discomfort? What's this discomfort trying to tell me? Like, oh, I did something. And something within me didn't like that. Let me unpack that feeling that I said, I know what it feels like. And I, I one thing I should say, Raul, you keep saying Raul has done the work. My work is continuous. Well, you're always doing the work, Absolutely. but let's be honest, Not, you've done the work to give that feeling yeah. a vocab. So when I feel that way, what I'm really saying
0: is remember, I have lots of voices in here and this is where the conducts a it. one voice. So that feeling when I know I, if I have a, a moment where I choose not to be brutally honest, the feeling that I have is that I've given into these voices mm-hmm. and I've chosen not to listen to the conductor. That's what I really mean by that. Some people say conductor, God, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, whatever you want to call it, that higher knowing, that that knowing of everything and all things, the creator divine, whatever. We want to call that creative energy, that spark life. I know that voice. Voice is a feeling, but I know that voice. That voice, to this day, doesn't argue and fight with me. It'll just go wrong. I think we should go this. These voices will always say, no, we should go this way. This is how we've always gone. This is how we've always done it. Blah, blah, blah. And it will find very sexy and intelligent ways to convince me. Yeah. So on the odd occasion that I do give into it, that's what I really mean. I know that feeling. What I'm really saying is I've chosen to go against my core to listen to these voices. And to not just listen to them, to put into the universe, put into the world, those thoughts that I know that doesn't really serve. And I find that when we talk about right or wrong, good or bad or whatever, doing the ethical things probably 80% of the time doesn't feel good. And sometimes doing the right things is the hardest thing to do because it may have negative consequences. But that doesn't mean you still shouldn't do it. And that's what I mean. And, And to that core. So... When I talk, when we talk about vision and the adventure, because the show is the adventure is within and and that vision. For me, that vision is not necessarily when we're talking like seven habits, begin with the end in mind and having a goal and going to the future and, and, and and looking at that goal and the possibilities from your imagination and coming back. Vision is that, have you learned how to distinguish between the voices? Mm -hmm. that's a powerful vision
1: to have it is all present right like even you talk Mm -hmm. about going to the future be like hey future me what's good here what do i need to bring back to start working towards so that you can say thank you the day when we meet next yeah is that's important and then talking about how are you going to get there is like kind of understanding the engine that is within us which are heart, soul, and mind. Man. And I like that part where you said, get to know the separate voices. Like in episode eight, we talk about the orchestras. What piece of the band is playing right now? What is its message? What is it hoping to accomplish? Why am I enticed by it? And what do I need to learn from it? Because maybe it's a maybe it's a good message, maybe it's not, but you can keep checking it back to go, hey, does it trigger that discomfort? Yeah. Yes, no. Okay, what is the discomfort? Is this leaning towards, oh, I got to do a hard thing? And doing hard things kind of, let's face it, hard things suck, right? Like on the surface of them, to get started on hard things, it's tough. And it sucks. But they usually, you end up with a result going, that's pretty damn good. I'm content with the result. versus doing doing the easy thing, we're really, like, no one's looking right now. Exactly. I don't have to tell anybody. This I'm going to do it. And it's like a seed d- towards that. Oh, fuck. And this is why it's easy to always
0: go. It's just a construct so I can change the construct. And you know, for me, uh, I'm not trying to tell anyone how to live. You don't have to do a damn thing that I say. I just invite people. That's all. But for me, good and bad, right and wrong actually doesn't exist until I put it into the world. So inside, for me, I don't sit there and argue with myself. This is right. This is wrong. This is good. This is bad. From my core ethics of, I truly believe in truth and honesty, the truth within me is not good or battle right or wrong, it just is. And when I choose to honor that voice, I'm talking about distinguishing between the voices, all the voices in me sound like me, all of them. But I know the difference of them. I know the difference between the voice of doubt and the voice of reason. I know the difference between the voice of logic. And the, and the, and, the, and the, the voice of silliness. I know the voice of greed. I know the voice of anger. I know all the voices, they all sound like people. They're all different. I know how they, I know the differences. And then there's the main voice. That does sound like me. even my father, I still hear my father's voice and my father has been off this planet now for six years. And yet I know what he sounds like. Maybe I don't know if I trust my memories anymore, but <laughs> I still remember what he sounds like, but yeah. Yet, when I hear him in my head, it don't sound like me. So I know yeah. how to distinguish the two. And this is why I say, how have you learned how to distinguish? Because this voice, I, I always point to this part of the body, the heart. Not the physical heart, but what it represents. This voice never argues and fights me at all. It just goes with my clients. I just issue an invite. It just goes, we I think we should go this way. And it sits back. And goes knock yourself up. It blesses
1: you either way. So that's what your heart's doing.
0: When I am not true to my own internal, deep-rooted, non-negotiable ethic, I know what it feels like because I know that feeling is really. I chose to listen to these voices. Now, when I do that, I still don't beat myself up for doing it because I trust I did it for a reason, and the reason is to simply learn what is it that I am I to learn. Oh. Every time you go against this voice, it doesn't turn out the way you want it. Yeah. For me, the adventure, when you talk about the adventure, when we talk about within, if we think the outside is complex, the inside is just as complex. But and I think just, you said it earlier. Yeah.
1: It's a reflection. Our, what's happening internally, our external is a reflection of all that. Sometimes it's also an amplification of it. If you need to get the message. Depending on what you're letting the orchestra out with, yeah. that's going to get amplified out there.
0: Exactly. And that's why I don't want to do it. Because remember you say, how well, how you know, up. I said, I'm good in spirit. Yeah. I'm lurking around in the muddy waters, in the murky waters. And I actually don't want the murkiness in here. I'll accept the murkiness out here. I'm at the point now where I'm learning not to really allow external factors to determine who I am. That's a lifelong process. I'm not telling you I do it all the time. It's a hard one, especially when you live with others. And part of the murkiness of my life right now is my family and everything that's going on. A lot of things that I have no control over. So I just let go of whatever illusions they think control me because it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. But I still allow myself to feel certain things and be okay with feeling it, knowing I have no control over it. Knowing that even if I'm allowing myself to feel, maybe I'm taking energies away from myself, but I am also honoring the physicality of being human. And we have feelings, and I'm going to be. how I feel and what I do. Those feelings, that's up to me. This adventure, also you know, I brought the show idea came from one of my, my quote. Yeah. And the adventure, a lot of people are, are, are seeking. We're still seeking external adventure, We're still seeking ways. How not to die and all this thing, things. I'm like the true adventure really lies within the quantums of the, the quantum physics and mechanics. Of within a of interview, how well do you know what you believe and stand for? Mm. That's I me. Mean, that's the ultimate adventure. It's not an easy one. I, I could be full of crap. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you're still trying to learn, but wait. What I hear from you all is like that. You're learning about through yourself, through the discomfort, through yeah. identifying all the pieces of your orchestra mm-hmm. that when you guide from your heart, it, it aligns. When yeah. you don't, it's a place of learning. You're not going to sit and dwell in it at any. We're going to say any more because I'm sure we've both dwelled in the past. I've dwelled. I, maybe all hasn't, but I've definitely dwelled. You've learned from it and you take it forward with you. Yeah. Because that's what. You have the choice. It's like, we talked this place where we were before the show started. It's like, what is the real truth? There's creation and destruction and they both feed each other.
0: And the creation and destruction, we don't want, I call it destructive creation. The first process of that practice of destructive creation was the light coming from the dark. It's all here. And it's all here for me. Doesn't matter what the experience what experience shows up or what experience I'm manifesting. For the best of my ability, I refuse to allow externals to determine who I am. With, period. That's how I'm choosing to walk the rest of my days. If I have a long path, I refuse to allow external factors to determine who I am in. I'll give you an example. When my daughter passed a year last March. Now every night I practice gratitude. I practice gratitude a lot during the day. Every night I go outside and I talk to the universe, to Mother, to Yah, and I I I practice gratitude. What am I grateful for the day? What happened today? My daughter just passed, and these are like, what do you have to be grateful for? And I remember thinking to myself, Yeah, that is an interesting experience to go through. One I didn't think I'd ever have to go through. Yet in that moment, I found myself feeling gratitude. And I found myself still practicing. I didn't have to take it. I didn't have to force it. It was just part of who I am. So that's what I mean. I'm not going to let existing forces dictate. Not so much dictate. Allow me to not flow naturally with who I am. With I've worked too hard to develop this to just frivolously so when talked about, I like the analogy of the house of fence. The fencing for me is a reminder of the space that I told me. that's mm-hmm. not negotiable.
1: Oh, the space that you've claimed within.
0: Yes. And
1: that's there's space. also like. A, I like
0: the way you said that, the, the space you've
1: claimed. I love like that. Yeah. There's also a component <laughs> of surrendering to that space too. And that's a big one. That We should do a show on surrendering this sure. year. Maybe next show. It does
0: it does tie in, and all these shows it's not like Gene and I sit down and we we start mind mapping, we show keep let's do a show, and each show will we reach, we'll make sure you know <laughs> Shh, don't give the secret away. I have to be brutally honest. <laughs> but we're winging it, it. <laughs> we wing it, but we wing it and then we don't. Because yeah. we both practice and other stuff. but fun. Fun. no, I think that's a really important part. A lot of it for me is, is for me, getting to this point is surrender. Surrendering what I thought I knew, what I thought I what I thought I know, what I was holding on to dearly, because it may not have been working, but it at least brought some comfort because I knew it. You know yeah. what I mean? Letting go and then surrendering or be the show will be around surrendering and letting go because something letting go is an easy process. There's nothing easy about, it. and you don't let go anything until you fully understand it right? before you can let it go. I don't know, but. I, I like the way you just said that. The space inside that I claim, there's a space inside that's just for me, no one else. Not even my children. No one at all. It says, do not trespass. Do not come in. This is not for you. Hmm. Period. And that's where essence of me truly resides. That voice of God, Yah, Mother Universe, whatever you want to call it. That's the voice that I honor. Healing that I on yeah it's non-negotiable, and sometimes the choices that I have to make not not fun, but I still make
1: that ties right back to you just more beautifully stated hard shit's hard doing hard things is hard. Yeah. it's like yeah it's the first part of it it describes what it is might be hard. Going through things, learning, let it go. It's a process. Yeah. It's the finding your space within yourself and claiming it. It's a process. I yeah. believe we, it's our favorite P word. Practice. Where did you think we were going to go with that? Not enough. Why?
0: Not um, to be brutally honest in this moment.
1: But it, <laughs> like you call it a process, call it a practice. Whatever you want is there's the act of you have to act within it. Yeah. Be within yourself so you can start to, like we said earlier, is like what's happening within is going to be reflected outside.
0: Going back to the story of the two wolves, we need to nurture both. And it's built into us to so only want to gravitate towards the good and the light and the beauty of life. Yet without it, you both, bad, the ugly, the harshness of life, how would you know? Yeah. Like I said, this talk on Sunday, I'm giving. Where ethics exist in the bad and harsh experiences of life, they have to. They have to. We just don't want to think of it that way. When we think of ethics, it's always good, right and wrong, good and bad, it's just. But what's the flip side of that? Because we live in a world of duality, and what we're talking about is duality. Because if you're looking within, then what within from within is the external. So we live in a world of duality where we want only the good part of duality, but yet the so-called negative side, I say so-called because it's really no positive, negative, just energy, but in the construct of what was created for communication, if you don't have the harshness of what, how would you know? So I think we've been sold a bunch of bull and taunt and a lot of ethics, a lot of ethics and how we look at things comes from a a religious understanding, not even before religion became religion. There was something before religion. Yeah, there were other people who lived a long time ago
1: that probably had the same values that we attribute to these religious institutions. It's a different it was, container, different wrapper. A different
0: container, and then you have different power structures that decide to use things in their way. But at the end of the day, it's not a Christian value or Muslim or Judaism or Buddhist. It's just a value. Because it's, you, can, you can go to parts of the world where there are humans that have no understanding of this religious movement. And if you spend time with them and examine their lives, you go, wow, they live a really ethical life. They doing a lot of the same things we do, but they don't understand it that way. Because that says to me, it's universal. And and you embrace full experience. When you talk about the adventure, and you embrace the full adventure of your life. Because the adventure is not just going to be beautiful. It's going to be bad. And you embrace it all. Same Right? Okay, A lot of times yeah. we're really up for the good ones and we're really down for the bad ones.
1: But I what I'm on, I'm just trying to be consistent. And that's where the surrender comes to it, right? Are you going to surrender to the experience knowing if you have that knowing within yourself of like how I'm going to choose to walk, regardless of the situation, what are my ethics? What are my values? What am I going to be then if you surrender to that experience? It's also a point of practicing that walk. It's going, it's the emotional gym. It's the spiritual gym of going, how important is this? Am I willing to lift this when it's heavy, when it's a little bit harder than anything I've tried before? As long as you still give it the old effort, that counts. That counts as a rep. That counts as practice. That is getting under something heavy and having this belief that, I might not know exactly how to do this, but I believe I can navigate this. I believe I will try. I believe that I will eventually figure this out.
0: There's a value to everything that you do. It's your life. That's so why, like I said, I'm really excited to, to do this talk on Sunday. Just, I'm just reading what I've written. But I, it's really interesting. It's something that I want us to, as, as a think tank, to really examine. Are there ethics in the so-called harshness of life? Because without the harshness of life, how would we know? And you know, I have, we been doing ourselves a disservice and just focusing on a singular lens of how we look at it. So we talk practically, or pragmatically of saying, oh, we know there's bad things. And so forth, we say, we know it, we truly accept it. We truly understand the value of it. Like night and day, things in the daytime is good because you can see and nighttime is scary because you can't see, and yet. They're just two experiences, all they are. One is not good or bad. They're just two experiences that I get to have every day. I have experiences in the light, I have experiences in the dark, I have experiences where the, the gray wolf or the white wolf will be the phenomic voice, I have experiences where the dark wolf, the black wolf is going to be the Neither one is right or wrong, it's just experience. What I choose to extrapolate from that experience is solely up to you. Yeah. Now you as a friend to point certain things up, but I'm the one that still has to take it in part of that taking it in is what
1: am I willing to surrender? What um, am I willing to learn here? Yeah. Am, am I willing to separate? <laughs> I'm right. They're wrong. They're right. I'm wrong to yeah. going what is here and what can I learn? What can I grow from here? Yeah. Is, what's the perspective that they see that maybe I'm not our friend. Leckie always talks about, everyone's got a blind spot, we can only see this much. And there's always something behind us that we need to be checking out, being open to seeing that as well and being, we talk about the external doesn't have an impact, but you can choose to hear that the way that you're showing up is having an impact on that, on your external life. On, on the, the environment as we talk about that way, cause are you willing to be made aware of the wake that you're leaving in your life.
0: I accept the external does have an impact. I just don't let it dictate to me how I choose to feel. Even when I'm feeling, I always examine, is that how I really feel? Or have I been conditioned to feel this way? Mm. It's like I'm breaking it down to every bite-sized morsel and examining everything. Sounds like a lot of work. Sometimes it is, but even really is. it isn't, it's just what I do now. But I don't know. I accept one of the things I really accept. I could be full of crap and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's a possibility that I accept. Yeah. I accept it all. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one in charge of it. I choose to bring in to digest and then to regurgitate back. The, the adventure always starts with this with voice, but then, right? Voice that said, "Go to BC," 18 years ago, and I chose to listen to it. These are the voices. Go, oh, no, you're from Toronto. Your mom, your sister is here. Call oh. your lawyer. You don't have to go. And I said, "No." I'm gonna listen to this voice. Yeah. In key days, I got an answer. Just like, voice for me, the adventure. Whenever anything happens, I always go face to someone. The adventure continues because adventure is continuous. And even when I take my last breath in this ego's understanding, the adventure will continue. Will I be conscious? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not good enough. But for right now, my adventure starts within first.
1: Right.
0: Always starts within first with that voice. And then I let these voices have their say as well.
1: Well, you got to bring... You got to bring so, them to the table, right? They're already there. Yeah. So the choice as a conductor is you can just to ignore them. And guess what? They get pissed off and they get louder and louder. Or you can bring no, them the to the table. The triangle always wants to play. <laughs> she needs okay. more cowbell, more cowbell. my line. I was just <laughs> going to say. For those of you that don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Go check and out that the SNL really skit good, yeah. with Will
1: Ferrell and the cowbell. With Christopher Walking, on. Yep. Maybe. i'm like everybody else oh, no i just put my pants on one leg at a time then i make hit music i think i might have to watch that <laughs> seriously people if you want a good a good laugh oh it's a good laugh for me and all will
0: <laughs> go go find uh christopher walken when he was on saturday night live i think mm-hmm. this was back in the 90s oh yeah uh, definitely yeah, definitely the 90s yeah. um, type in snl and cowbells it will come up trust me
1: It'll be a worthwhile adventure. That it's that part it. has been quoted yeah. so many times, and you can get a reference of the age of people based on. Be like, oh, I got a fever. Oh, the only cure is more kale. Bell,
0: yeah. SNL in living color back in the day with with, with Keenan and and Damon and and people. Jim, oh, yeah, Jim Terry started off on that show. It's yeah. just brilliant with uh, not sideshow Bob, it, had, uh, but he had so many great characters. Same with J- Jamie Fox was on. Yeah. It's funny, and he gets to a lot of truth for life. In there. <laughs> no, I, I, life is life. I, I truly don't believe life is hard. We just make life hard based on our, world, our perception, how we see the world. Maybe one of the shows we will do, another show, we'll actually we'll do a dedicated show on vision, but the vision that I want to talk about is the line more with Thomas Sowell when he talks about what worldview do you really hold? It's principle? conflict of vision. He talks about the unconstrained versus the constrained vision. So, that's something I'd want to unpack and I'm actually going to touch on it in my talk on Sunday, but maybe to add it to the, add it to the, I'm um, adding it right add now. It you, add it to, you, to the pipe, add it to the pipeline. And then in our Monday sales meeting, Well, I say sales meeting, because every time I, I think of a pipeline, I think of a sales funnel and you you got to
1: filter them in from
0: the top. I'm late for the 10 o'clock Monday morning sales meeting. So <laughs> I'm just working on my pipe. I'm fudging stuff. That's another reason in our, back in the corporate days, I, people were lying left and right just to make themselves look good. I just,
1: anyway, man, it's, wow. See how time flies? It's already 340. I, and you know what? We started with an idea of a topic today and we let it load wherever. Didn't really touch on the vision part, but we really talked, we hammered about the within component. And right. I think that was really a valuable piece where I see this growing is I like your idea of the of how you look at this vision at from the constrained and unconstrained. I also look forward to us talking about like setting, splitting that down about like visions, goals and other pieces that yeah. I'll like start to put a bow on. A lot of what we're talking about because we, we just did, we could just keep doing episodes about we this we did for... talk
0: about vision we just talked about it in a different way and i think a yeah. lot of when we talk about vision we still i'm, I'm going to make an assumption we're talking from a pragmatic business standpoint of vision goals and those sort of things yeah. but the vision that i talk about i believe all things are created twice first in the spirit, spiritual realm imagination yeah the unknown you can go into the unknown and use your imagination the possibility yeah, i like I talk possibility. Take me to the island of possibility, right? And then I come back into this moment armed with that intel vision. But all the visions, whether it's me stepping into the future or even going into the past, it's all a practice of using your imagination to see the unknown or using your imagination to see what you've already experienced in a different way to understand. But that's part of the adventure. We we did talk about it in a different way, but the vision that I do wanna talk about on the previous show is when we that world view. How do you see things? Because a lot of it has to do with the kind of the madness that's going on in the world today. You just basically have two different versions of how people see the world as squaring mm-hmm. off at of each other. And one isn't right, one isn't wrong. Just two different it's ways. Different.
1: That's all well, it Oh I'd like to contend here today when we talk about like that farm within that Land you've claimed within that you can surrender to. That's the third vision it with, within this, right? That's a yeah. that place that you can visualize. I use farm. I invite you to make your own picture that you within can start to surrender to and explore and bring out, like we've talked about, the orchestra of voices. And let them kind of roam free. Let them find out what they like to say. And bring that back in. Harvest what you will. And use that. To grow your own abundance, to continue yeah. to find that place to be like. This is now. I can surrender in here. I'm beyond surviving because now I have a vision within my of who and how to keep practicing and cultivating that. That's how a powerful are, place to be.
0: How are you tending to your garden? And I'm the garden. When you're tending a garden, what do you do? You prepare the soil. Pure the soil. You. Undesirables that's going to prevent growth. But you may bring certain components into it to enrich the soil, whether it be more worms or beetles, bugs, or whatever they're called. But you prepare your garden. You don't just go blindly plant seeds. Now you can do that, but it may not yield the kind of fruit that you want. I look at myself as I'm the garden. And regardless of what seeds are planted in me, the garden stays constant stays constant because why I'm constantly tending to my garden, constantly making sure that the the ground, the soil, the dirt is rich. And it doesn't matter what seeds planted, what experience are planted. It's going to be
1: solid, strong, and rich and tender. And so that's how I look at it. It's the medium to grow in. Yeah. We could always get into the fact, be like, is the farmer really growing the seeds? Like, Planting them. They know. know how to grow themselves. And if you create the fertile zone, that's the, the conversation we can get philosophical another time. <laughs> we are running out of time. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. This is the Roll and Gene Show, The Power of Coaching, and we'll be back. Till then, have a good one. Oh, one last thing. It's the legal language. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professionals.